0: I want to invite you to grab your copy of God's word this morning and join me once again in the book of Acts. We are going to cover this morning Acts chapter 11, beginning in verse 19 and walking through verse 30. We're continuing on in our series called Church on the Move, and the message title for this Sunday is The Church Being the Church. So I want to read the text for us this morning, and then we're going to dive in. Together. This is what Luke records beginning in Acts chapter 11, verse 19. Now, those who were scattered because of the persecution that arose over Stephen traveled as far as Phoenicia and Cyprus and Antioch, speaking the word to no one except Jews. But there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who on coming to Antioch spoke to the Hellenist also, preaching the Lord Jesus. So Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. And when he had found him, he brought him to Antioch. For a whole year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. And in Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. Now in these days, prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up and foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the world. And this took place in the days of Claudius. So the disciples determined everyone, according to his ability, to send relief to the brothers living in Judea. And they did so, sending it to the elders by the hand of Barnabas and Saul. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We ask you would open our eyes that we would be able to see, that you would open our ears that we would be able to hear and that you would open our hearts and our minds that we would be ready to respond to your word and to your spirit. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. As we dive back into Acts chapter 11, we left off last week with the gospel message reaching the Gentiles for the very first time, that God's promise to save the world, those who would place their faith and trust in him, has reach beyond just the Jewish people to include the Gentiles as well. And we saw that happening in last week's message. But this week, what I want us to see is the church being the church. And if you're taking notes, write down this main idea that's going to frame our time together. The church is not a building. It is a group of believers who are committed to fulfilling the mission of God. That's what the church is, a group of believers who've locked arms together and are committed to fulfill the mission of God. Now, they're believers, that's the first part, that's the church, those who have trusted in Jesus Christ as their Savior, but they're not believers who are kind of on their own mission, trying to do whatever they feel like is the right thing to do. It's a group of believers who are taking their cues from Jesus, their Lord and Savior, who told his followers that we're to make disciples of all nations. That was the message Jesus left with his disciples. That's the message that we have seen being fulfilled here in the book of Acts. And that message still remains to be filled today. The mission that he's called us to fulfill is still the mission that the church should be focused on. And that's what we see taking place in Acts chapter 11 in these specific verses. I want you to notice how they are committed to fulfilling this mission. First, I want you to notice the difficulty that opened the door for the believers to fulfill the mission of God. Verses 19 through 21, notice the difficulty that pressed them to fulfill the mission of God. As Luke writes, those who were scattered because of the persecution. If you remember back in Acts chapter seven, Stephen was stoned for proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and Saul, who later became a follower of Jesus in Acts chapter nine, who was sent out to persecute the church as he began to escalate persecuting the church prior to his salvation, the church began to scatter out. Believers began to leave Jerusalem and to move into the uttermost parts, Judea and Samaria, and then even beyond that into predominantly Gentile areas that we see them landing in here. So. As they are driven out of Jerusalem because of persecution, because of great difficulty, it says that they began to speak the word to the Jews, beginning in verse 19, but then from there in verse 20, there were some of them, men of Cyprus and Cyrene, who were speaking to the Hellenists. Those were the Greek speakers. They were preaching the Lord Jesus Christ. Now listen to this in verse 21, and the hand of the Lord was with them and a great number who believed turned to the Lord. So I want you to notice that this group of believers who were first in Jerusalem, but because of the persecution were scattered out into Judea and Samaria and even beyond, we find them now in Antioch. They have been transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and Persecution, difficulty has pushed them out beyond Jerusalem so that they are sharing the gospel of Jesus Christ, fulfilling the mission of God, even in this Gentile area. And so as we see, difficulty arose, but difficulty didn't stifle the mission of God from being accomplished. In fact, it pressed these believers into the mission field. It moved them beyond their comfort zone in Jerusalem, beyond what was natural, beyond what was comfortable, and it pushed them in to where the Gentiles were. And the message of the gospel is continuing to flood into places that it had never been before. So that's the first thing that we see happening here in the text in verses 19 through 21. But I want you to notice in verses 22 through 24 that encouragement provided the means for the mission of God to flourish. Encouragement provided the means for the mission of God to flourish. Look with me in verse 22. It says, The report of this came to the ears of the church in Jerusalem. So the gospel message is spreading into Antioch. Believers are sharing the gospel and new believers are coming to faith in Christ and so word travels back to Jerusalem the mother church and they begin to hear reports that there are new gentile believers in Antioch so they sent Barnabas to Antioch now we've encountered Barnabas before if you remember it was Barnabas early in Acts chapter 6 who was an encourager who was a leader within the early church. It was also Barnabas with Saul as he came to faith in Christ taken from persecuting the church to being a proclaimer of the gospel. It's Barnabas who brings Saul into the church in Jerusalem and encourages him and lifts him up and introduces him to the rest of the believers and says I'm confident that God is going to use him in incredible ways Again, we find this encourager, Barnabas, being sent out by the church in Jerusalem to go to Antioch to figure out what is happening. How is the gospel spreading into Antioch? And so he came, verse 23, and he saw the grace of God and he was glad and he exhorted them. That means he encouraged them to remain faithful to the Lord with steadfast purpose. He was a good man who was full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great many people were added to the Lord. So we noticed in the first part there that difficulty is what caused these believers to head into Antioch and to share the gospel, and people were coming to faith in Christ. But notice there that it was encouragement, specifically Barnabas's encouragement, that provided the means for the mission of God to flourish. If you notice what happened there, Barnabas shows up on the scene. Barnabas is excited about what he sees taking place, about more people coming to faith in Jesus Christ. And he celebrates that. And it says he encourages them. He exhorts those believers. He is excited about what he's seeing. And he says, remain faithful to the Lord. Continue to fulfill the mission of God. Continue to share the gospel. Continue to press in and see more people come to faith in Jesus Christ. And that's exactly what happens. It says at the last part there in verse 24, a great many people came to faith in Jesus Christ. So difficulty is what pushed them into Antioch, but it was encouragement that continued to allow the mission of God to flourish as new believers were trusting in Jesus Christ for the very first time. But not only that, I want you to notice the third turn that we see happen here, that empowerment offered the fuel for the mission of God to expand. Empowerment offered the fuel for the mission of God to expand. Look with me in verse 25. It says, so Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul. Now think about that for just a second. Barnabas had been sent by the church in Jerusalem to find out what was going on in Antioch. He was excited about that. And his first thought is, I need help, and I know who I'm going to call. I'm going to call Saul, who used to be a persecutor of the church, who has trusted Jesus Christ as his Savior after he saw Jesus on the Damascus Road and has been preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ and disputing with the strict Jews who didn't believe that Jesus was the Messiah. He says, I'm going to go find Saul about 10 years after his conversion, and I want to bring him into Antioch, and I want to empower him to encourage this church and to build up this new church and to disciple these new believers so that they will continue to fulfill the mission of God. So Barnabas, the great encourager, went and grabbed Saul and empowered him to encourage this church to build up this church here in Antioch. And so when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. And for a whole year, an entire year, they met with the church and taught a great many people. Now listen to this. In Antioch, the disciples were first called Christians. So Saul comes in and for an entire year, he and Barnabas are teaching are proclaiming Christ. They're encouraging the believers. They're training them and equipping them to fulfill the mission of God, to build up the church, to share the gospel faithfully, to see other people come to faith in Christ. And it was in Antioch, listen to this, that the believers were first called Christians. And initially that word Christians was not a positive term. It was a term to describe what they would consider little Christs, little Jesuses running around. And so what meant as a derogatory term was actually the greatest compliment that anyone could pay to a Christian is that you are like Jesus. You are like a little Christ running around. And so in Antioch, that is how this term comes to be. And so we see that the mission of God is continuing to expand. But I want you to notice what happens in verses 27 through verse 30. It said, "In These days prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch, and one of them named Agabus stood up, and he foretold by the Spirit that there would be a great famine over all the land. And so the disciples determined that they would send relief. So, these believers who were in Antioch heard the message from the Lord that there would be a great famine, and they said, We need to give to the church in Jerusalem to help support those who are going to be in need. So, not only do we see difficulty, which causes the believers to go into Antioch to start with, but we see encouragement coming from Barnabas and the church continuing to grow. And then we see empowerment as Barnabas brings Saul online and they both work to encourage the church and challenge them to fulfill the mission. But here's the fourth thing that we see, that generosity served as the lifeline for the mission of God to sustain. That generosity, the believers in Antioch, their generosity allowed the believers who were in Jerusalem to sustain and to continue to fulfill the mission of God there. So what happens in Acts chapter 11, I think, is just a beautiful picture of the church being the church, of God's providential hand at work as the disciples are dispersed out into Gentile territory, that believers are going in and are determined to continue to share the gospel of Jesus Christ, and they're being encouraged by one Barnabas, and then they're being trained as Barnabas empowers Saul to come in and help the church, and then these believers who have been transformed because Jews were transformed by the gospel of Jesus Christ and sent out from Jerusalem, in turn, help support the gospel of Jesus Christ going forth again in Jerusalem, as they are generous in a time of need for those believers there. And so, as we look at the text, what we see happening is not the church focused on a building. What we see happening is a church, a group of believers focused on fulfilling the mission of God, and that is what the church is all about. So as we worship over the next few minutes together, I want you to reflect on what the church actually is and what the church demonstrated here in Acts chapter 11 as they were committed fully to fulfill the mission of God. So as we gather back around Acts chapter 11 verses 19 through 30, I want us to think through the text this morning and ask some application questions of ourselves to seek to apply what we see here in the text in our own lives. So as we reflect on the church not being a building, but being a group of believers who are committed to fulfill The mission of God. I want to ask this question as we think about the first thing that we saw is that it was difficulty that pressed these believers into Antioch in the first place. So for us, are we willing for difficult times to come into our lives and to respond in the same way? To make sure that when difficulty comes into our lives as believers, we're still committed to fulfill the mission of God regardless of what that difficulty looks like. Now, for every single one of us, we're walking through a difficult season right now. It's an unusual season. But even before this, all of us walk through difficult times. We walk through loss of loved ones. We walk through job changes or maybe job loss. We walk through difficult times with our kids or maybe even difficult times in our marriages, uh, difficult times with the relationships with friends. But ask the question of yourself, do difficult times cause me to lose sight of the mission of God or do I look at difficult times as the right moment for me to press in to the mission of God and seek to do what God has called me to do? You see, that's what happens here in the text. These believers experienced difficulty, but they didn't fuss about it or complain about it. In fact, they embraced the difficulty and they sought to fulfill the mission of God regardless. So I want to encourage you. Embrace this season of difficulty and ask the simple question of yourself how can I take this season of difficulty in my life or seasons of difficulty that may come after all of this is over? And how do I make sure in those moments that I am committed to continue to fulfill the mission of God? You see, the truth is, difficulty doesn't excuse us from the Great Commission, from seeking to do what Jesus called us to do. In fact, it's in those difficult seasons, I believe, when God can work in and through our lives in ways that we never even dream. You see, because here's the thing the difficulty that you may be walking through is very likely the difficulty that someone else is walking through. You are not unique in the things that you are experiencing that are difficulties in your own life. And so allow those difficulties to open the door for you to share with someone who may never listen to you except they know that you have experienced a similar difficulty that they are walking through in the moment. So don't let difficulties drive us away from fulfilling the mission of the gospel. Let the difficulties you experience in life drive you in and cling to the Lord and through that be able to continue to fulfill the mission that God has called you to fulfill. We noticed again this guy named Barnabas who came onto the scene, this son of encouragement. That's what his name means. And we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, but I think it's worth relating one more time. Are you a person of encouragement? Are you one who is seeking to encourage other people around you? You see, I believe that encouragement provides the fertile field for the gospel of Jesus Christ to go forth. People are more willing to listen to you if you are an encourager than if you're not. And so for us as believers who have experienced the great mercy of Jesus Christ in our own lives, we should be at the forefront of offering encouragement to others, to championing others, to encouraging others with our words so that we utilize what God has given us and we're able to take that in turn and to share with others what we have experienced. You see, it was Barnabas's interaction with this church in Antioch that gave them the encouragement to continue to do what God had called them to do. And I'm convinced that maybe right now, that's exactly what you need. You just need someone to encourage you. And I wanna challenge you right now. I wanna encourage you in this season to do exactly what God's called you to do to seek to live on mission for him, to seek to fulfill the mission that he's called you to fulfill in your lives. And maybe for you over the course of this next week, God is going to present you with an opportunity to be an encourager like Barnabas here in someone else's life. And I wanna encourage you, grasp that opportunity. Encourage someone else. You never know what one word of encouragement may mean in someone's life. Not only that, I want to encourage you to empower other people as well as they fulfill the mission of God. You know, one of the things that's beautiful about the church is that not all of us are gifted in the same ways. Not all of us have the same natural abilities and not all of us have the same spiritual gifts. And that's exactly why God brought us together as the church. For us to be able to utilize one another's gifts, for us to function like a body, so that we can continue to build up the body of Christ, so that we can continue to share the gospel, so that we can continue to reach people with hope, so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you to look around and who can you empower to do what God's called them to do. Maybe it's a word of encouragement to them. Maybe it's one of your kids who is wanting to do something. I don't know about you, but I love kids and their heart for the gospel of Jesus Christ and their desire to just be used by God with childlike faith. They come up with ideas and they think, well, I could do this or I could say this or I could draw this picture or I could interact in this way with this person. And for us as adults, we sometimes come at them with the mindset of, "Eh, I don't know that that's actually gonna work. But why don't we just empower them to do it? Why don't we empower them to write a note and send it to someone, to reach out to someone by phone? Why don't we empower other believers around us who don't have the same gifts as us, but who God desires to use in incredible ways? I want to encourage you during this season and during this time to look for opportunities, just like Barnabas did here with Saul. You know, I think about that. Barnabas could have said, I want all the limelight. I want to be the main center of attention. I want all the focus to be on me. But that's not what Barnabas did. Barnabas said, hey, I know this guy named Saul. And Barnabas went and found Saul and put Saul in a position where he could impact other people's lives. And so that together they could work to do what God had called them to do, to fulfill the mission here in Antioch. And so as we think about fulfilling the mission of God, that often means empowering other people to do things that God has called them to do. So look for those opportunities where you can empower others to do what God has called them to do. And then lastly, as we think about the application from these last verses, verses 27 through 30, where we talked about the generosity of the church in Antioch. As they saw needs, they were able to step in and meet those needs As a famine was coming into Jerusalem, they were able to send money through Barnabas and through Saul to be able to meet the needs there. I want to say to you, giving is one of the greatest acts of love that has ever been put out there. That for us as believers, our level of generosity speaks volumes about the generosity we've received from the Lord in our own lives. You know, I came across this quote this past week. Winston Churchill said this, we make a living by what we get, but we make a life by what we give. I want you to think about that in your own life. Are you a person of generosity? Are you willing to give to others, both time, talent, and treasure? Are you willing to give, to be generous with your time, to be generous with your talents, to be generous with your treasure in such a way that it fulfills the mission of God, that it furthers the advance of the gospel in the world. And I want to brag on you, church family, for just a little bit. During this season of uncertainty, you have been incredibly generous. You've been incredibly generous giving. And I want to say to you, thank you for that. And I think it's just a reminder as a church family that God has called us to fulfill a mission in this community. And we are able to continue to fulfill that mission. There have been many of you who have given generously to meet other needs in this community as well. We've got those who are giving in a way that is blessing the construction workers on our side as they bring goodies by on a weekly basis for us to be able to give to them and interact with those workers. And I can assure you that when we walk over with goodies, they are beyond excited. But it gives us an opportunity to encourage them and to thank them for the work that they do. And opportunities have opened themselves for gospel conversations as a result of just that simple act of generosity. We've been able to meet some needs in our church family of those who've had wages cut and things like that because of generosity of those who have given to specifically meet those needs. And so I want to say to you, thank you, church family, for giving and giving generously above and beyond during this season. And the reality for every single one of us is That is how the mission of God is accomplished. That's how we see it accomplished here in Acts chapter 11. That's how it's accomplished as we live today and seek to accomplish the mission. So as we think about that application in our own lives, how we take Acts chapter 11 and apply it to ourselves, will we allow difficult situations to press us into the Lord more closely and seek to fulfill the mission that God has called us to fulfill as it opens doors as we're walking through those difficulties? Will we be an encourager? Will we empower others to utilize their gifts to fulfill the mission that God has called us to fulfill? And then lastly, will we be a generous people moving forward? Will we not just make a living, But will we, as Winston Churchill said, actually have a life? We have a life by what we give. And I want to encourage you. Think about that application, both in your own life and in the life of your family, over the week ahead, and seek to take a step. Maybe it's take a step in a difficult season. Maybe it's take a step to be an encouragement to someone else, to reach out to them by phone or send them a card in the mail. Maybe it's taking a step to empower someone else to fulfill the mission of God. Maybe it's taking a step of generosity during this season and even after the season is over. But allow the text to saturate your heart and don't walk away today not having taken the next step that God has called you to take. Let's pray together. Father, we are so thankful again for your word. We're thankful for the chance we have to study it week in and week out. We're thankful for the tremendous example as we see the believers here seeking to fulfill the mission that you've called them to fulfill, walking through difficulty, encouraging others, empowering others, and being generous with others. May that describe your church here at North River. May we be found faithful to fulfill the mission of God. May we be found faithful to continue to impact this community for Jesus Christ. And we ask all of this in Jesus' name, amen. I wanna encourage you as you reflect on these questions, as we sing, take that next step that God's called you to take.